and welcome to episode 2 of Cosmo Capsula Goes Amazing, the podcast that brings you science fiction from around the world. This episode is special, having the first audio science fiction short story of a series featuring short fiction from all over the world. Cosmo Capsula Goes Amazing is a podcast produced by Cosmo Capsula Science Fiction Magazine for Amazing Stories. You can hear us at AmazingStoriesMag.com I am David Perez Marulanda, your host and reader. In this episode we have Gamma, a short story by Nigerian author Wale Tolabi. Wale Tolabi is a full-time engineer, part-time writer and sometime editor with a fondness for science fiction and fantasy. His stories have appeared or are forthcoming in Lightspeed magazine, Terraform, the Imagine Africa 500 anthology, Futuristica 1, Omenana, Liquid Imagination, the Kalahari Review, and a few other places. He edited the TNC anthology, These Words Expose Us, and co-wrote the recently staged play, Color Me Man. He currently lives and works in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. He likes interesting flow simulation problems, good stories, and goes scuba diving whenever he gets a chance. You can find him on Twitter, at W-T-A-L-A-B-I and you can visit his blog at wtalabi.wordpress.com Gamma was originally published in the Kalahari Review in April 2014. Gamma by Wale Talabi The day they met, she already knew she was going to die. He saw her walk past his mother's scrap metal shed through the reinforced lens of his radiation suit visor. She was beautiful in a fragile sort of way, a blackened, ash-colored rose blooming wild in the ruins of a world in the throes of a nuclear winter. She was barefoot, pale, creamy skin, beautiful in spite of the red blotches, vitreous and pustules, and slowly scabbing sores that festooned it. 
his ebony skin had never been touched by any kind of radiation, not even the natural light of the scorned sun. His parents were one of the few that could manage to afford radiation suits, but only just. Hey, he called out to her. The air carrying his voice forced its way through the high-efficiency particulate filters in his mask, escaping in a sort of raspy creak. Are you looking for something? She turned around, apparently surprised and mildly amused. No, not really. Just walking. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. She spoke in measured, efficient bursts, like machine gun fire. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Compelled by some sensation of pure need, non-specific and non-sexual, just a primal desire to connect with another human in the simplest of ways, he added, So, uh, do you want to play with me? She shifted. Her dirty blonde hair was roughly cropped close to her head and a plastic crucifix hung limply around her neck, the custodian of a thousand unanswered prayers. Her old frock was dirty just like her skin, covered in the same ash mud that lay all around them mixed with falling leaves. The same mud that now coated most of the world in a grey homogeny of gloom. Sure, she said. What do you want to play? She smiled. He silently thanked Allah and let a smile blossom behind his mask. There were hardly any children in his sector of the camps and the others like her, without suits, never responded to his attentive conversations. There is a place just outside the village, perfect for hide-and-seek. He smiled wider, even though he knew she could not see it. Okay, sounds like fun. It is, he chimed, extending his hand to her. She took it. They skipped off into the dusty horizon where the remains of an old military complex stood like a wounded veteran, broken but uncompromising. They played together every day after that in old nuclear missile silos and abandoned military staging grounds and even, once, in a fallout bunker full of desiccated, petrified corpses on a day he'd managed to turn off the tracker in his radiation suit. He'd been scolded harshly when he returned home, but he didn't care. They'd had so much fun in what was left of the sun. Some days, when she could manage it, they danced a ridiculous, corybantic dance to the music of the ruins, the crumblings and echoes and the scurrying of things. She got weaker every day. More and more falling leaves flew by. And then, one day, while they sat silent on the turret hatch of a dilapidated Abrams tank, she said suddenly, I think I'll die soon. He felt a sadness his twelve-year-old heart could not fully articulate. What has winter been like for you? She asked him with a smile.
Please don't die, he tearfully replied. She placed her hands in his. On the padded Nomex polymer gloves of his radiation suit and looked into his eyes through the visor. His tears fell freely, like raindrops. Her eyes stayed dry. He looked her over, took her in, not as a playmate but as a dying friend. The pustules on her skin were slowly leaking pus. She was rail thin, almost cadaverous. She reminded him of his grandmother just before she had died. He cried some more. She tilted her head to the left and said, Come on, let's get married. It's what people in love do. You love me? Yes, I do. He stopped crying at that, raising his head instead to look into her eyes. The glistening hazel orbs set into jaundiced yellow pools held a look of happiness that defied her suffering to extinguish it. In the haze of strange emotions, a memory came to him. The sort of memory that comes unbidden in strange moments and steeped in intensity of feeling. It was a memory of something his grandmother had said once, which he'd vaguely understood but which had stayed with him, stored in a cavern of his mind, idealized and polished with sentimentality. It was something about love and sin. Love was like sin, she'd said. It did not matter how big or small it was, or how it had come about or where or why. In the eyes of Allah, sin was sin just as love was love. And all sins are equal in the same manner that all loves are equal. It was something like that. He was sure it was something like that. And so, buoyed by warmth in his chest, swirling in his head and the piercing look in her eyes, he said, I love you too. She gripped his gloves tight and they both stood up smiling first and then laughing as they rose. Leafless trees poorly silhouetted by an almost blotted sun stood behind them as they clambered down the broken tank and walked, hand in hand, into the remnants of the main facility, searching the ruins for any two things they could use as wedding rings. Thanks a lot for listening, I hope you really enjoyed this short story and will stay tuned for more fiction, interviews and reviews about international science fiction. Remember to visit us at amazingstoriesmag.com slash tag slash cosmocapsula hyphen goes hyphen amazing. The intro and outro music for the podcast is the song Breath by from the dust.
released under a Creative Commons attribution license. The intro music for the short story is the song Dark Lights by Fullscore, provided by freesoundtrackmusic.com.